how long it had been since we had had been here and it's been February March I'm, I'm not real sure um, but actually when the North Point started back having services we had had already started back with a friend of mine that pastors a church and that's actually where we had felt led to stay for the time being and uh, and serve there with them uh, nothing against North Point or anybody else that's just I've always tried to be led by the Spirit of God and do what He's called me to do. So that's kind of where we've been, and we've been preaching and teaching and, and um, just feeling the presence of God, and, and uh, we're just very, very grateful. I, uh, Paxton texted me um, Wednesday night during our Bible study, and I apologize to Paxton. I was supposed to call him back, but uh, Houston Children got long-winded, and we didn't get to, I didn't get to... <laughs> I didn't get to call uh, um, Paxton back, and so, but anyway, um, so we was been, since Wednesday, we've been thinking about the service, and like I said, we've been preaching a good bit here lately and teaching in God's Word, but I just never could come to really just, like, this is what God wanted till this morning, and um you know, as, as we look around our world, and everybody knows the situation of our country and things that are in, it's, it's very destructive and it, it's very depressing in some ways to look at our country, but then also in our churches too. Uh, I can, you know, the church is, is not full, and uh, I know God desires it to be full and people to come and worship. And uh, the, the, one of the thoughts I had uh, I like to write stuff down, and uh, as you'll see here, there's nothing here. Everything's in here this morning. And so my prayer is uh, today that you just um, pray for me as we bring the message. But my thought is, how is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with God this morning? And are you ready to grow? Are you truly ready to grow? Because there's so... A lot of times in our life, I, you know, I told Amy this morning, I said, I, you know, I stepped up on the scales and I've gained a few pounds, some of you might could tell, but am I going to do anything about it? Or am I just going to stay complacent in where I am? And so a lot of times in our life with God, you, when we get saved, when we get born again, we just get complacent in where we're at. We know we're going to heaven and we never do anything or we never grow that which God has given us. And so that, that's my, my thought today, uh, and I'm, that's really not where we're going, it's just a thought. In John 14, 21, Jesus said, if you, if you uh, have my word and you do them, then I know that you love me, and I love you, and my Father loves you, and I will manifest myself unto you, or in other words, I will reveal and I don't know about you today, but I want to see God reveal himself to me. Amen. I want to see God. Amen. I want to see him move. I want to see him function. But I also realize the Bible teaches me to, to walk by faith and not by sight today. And I want to grow. And, and ever since all this has took place in our country, you know, a lot of people, they, they get, and I'm not... Listen, what I say today, it's not pertaining to anybody individual. I'm just sharing some things with my heart. When all this took place, man, I just wanted to, I wanted to dig deeper into things of God. I wanted my relationship with God to grow. I didn't want my faith, as 1 Corinthians to say, to stand in the wisdom of men, but I wanted my faith to stand in God's power today. And I believe going through the things we're going through, uh, we're going to see the cream of the crop, so to speak. Through all this that's going on, God is beginning to raise up and call up those that are true believers. And if you're here today and you're truly not saved today, then I ask you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I ask you to seek your heart today. But because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, but today. Today is it. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn with us today... We'll be reading out the book of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 2. I don't know about you, but I want to fulfill the joy of God. I want to 
fulfill what he has called me to do because I know there is a purpose and there is a plan for my life. You may say, well, he has called you to preach or to pastor. But I want you to realize today the Bible says that all of us that are born again are a part of the body of Christ. So we all have a part to play in this. We just need to find out what it is and begin to grow that what God has done in our lives. Whatever it is. I mean, it just it breaks my heart to see, see people say, you know what, I, I've been raised in church in all my life, but I've never just dug into the things of God. I've never figured out where God wants me or what God wants to do in my life. So as we look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Paul's saying, fulfill ye my joy. Paul had a joy there. And I believe it's the same. I know it is. It's the joy that God wants for us. He is saying to be like-minded. So when you come to North Point or whatever church that, that you congregate with, what is the like-mindedness of that church? What is the goal of that church? What is the purpose for that church? Ask yourself today, why do I come to North Point? Because I think right now God is trying to grow people. He said, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind, it breaks my heart and I'm not saying this about this church, but I'll tell you this, if the devil would have his way, he'd love to come in here and split this thing wide open. That's what he wants. And I hear of churches, you can say what you want to, I hear churches every single day nearly where they're splitting up. Why? You hear it in relationships with husbands and wives, they're splitting up. Relationships with friends are splitting up. Why? It's because they're not in one mind and one accord. Paul says, fulfill ye my joy. Being like-minded. What is the purpose in this church here today? It's not just to come here and sit here and let Jim fill you with spiritual blessings. You have a purpose. You have a job to do. God didn't save you to just sit on a bench today. People out there in this world are hurting today. And God uses people like me and you to reach those people. And you'll never do that if you don't have a desire to fulfill your purpose or ask, say, God, here am I. We sing the songs. I, do, I sing them. But the Bible says we can't just be hearers. In other words, we can't just sing about it. We got to do something about it. We got to have a desire. And listen, I didn't come here. I didn't come. I said, Lord, no, I don't want to go there and feel like I'm beating all of us up. I, I come here to encourage you today. What thus saith the word of the Lord, what his word is saying to me and you today. So many times uh, we, we, we're so afraid. For God to chastise us or speak to us. Because you know what you have to do? You have to change. And we don't want to change. We don't want to change. We like. We didn't like it when the pandemic hit. Why? Because we had everything just like we wanted. We was rolling real good. And all of a sudden something happened. And so it made us change our lives. He says. Paul is saying. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Listen, it's not about you. And it's not about me. It's about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I love what y'all have done in this. This is amazing. It's beautiful. It's a good place to come worship. But you know what? Jesus said, now is the time for the true worshipers to worship. You don't always have to come into a facility like this. You can worship wherever God bids you to worship today. And praise Him and let God use you to further the kingdom of God. 
We got to be in like-minded. We got to have. He says, "Put put you on the mind of Christ." In every scenario, whatever you're going through, how would Jesus handle this? Can I ask you this? When the woman was brought to Christ that was caught in very acts of adultery, did he immediately say anything? No, he started playing in the dirt. A lot of people said that he was writing the law with his fingers on the dirt. I just think he was sitting there thinking about, Holy Spirit, what do I need to say? like-minded we got to have this mind what Christ came to do he come to seek and save people that are hurting that are dying he said look at verse 4 he says looking not every man on his own thing but every man also on the things of others I ask this question even to myself am I more Moved by what I'm doing or what other people's got going on. Because to see God manifest himself in your life, you're going to have to drop some of the stuff you're doing and go help others. And I'm fixing to show you in Scripture. It may even rock you. And I hope it does. Because the only way we truly going to see God manifest in our lives is if we quit worrying and quit. I'm not saying stop work. I'm just saying there's going to be times in your life that what you're doing is not important as much as helping someone else. I prayed this. I've been praying this. Lord, manifest yourself unto me. I want to see you, Father. And so yesterday morning, See, a lot of times we, we want to just see God. We just want to see him appear. Or, or just feel him. Just have one of these radical, radical services. And people are shouting and running around. And, and boy, God's moving. God, uh, the devil can do that too. I've seen a lot of people have the devil them run around and shout and have a fit. My 15-year-old girl. Told me yesterday morning. She said, Dad, I woke up. I was sick. She said, I was sick to my stomach. And she said, I got up out of bed. And she said, I walked through the, they live, her and Lindsay live, they stay down in the basement most of the time. And she said, I was walking back and forth and I was praying. And she said, I don't, I don't want to. She said, I didn't. She said, my stomach didn't hurt, but I felt like I was just going to throw up. She said, I didn't want to throw up. She said she went and laid back down. And she said it was still there again. She says, I don't want, I don't want to throw up, and I'm not going to be sick, and I'm going to bed. And she went to bed and woke up yesterday morning. She was fine. And Jesus said, that's the manifestation that I'm talking about. Who are you pouring into today? Because whoever you pour into, is God will manifest himself back unto you. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. If you want to see Jesus Christ manifested, then why don't you give some of Jesus to someone else? Share the promises of God. Share who God is in your life. And Jesus will manifest himself unto you. That blessed me. All day yesterday, that's all I could think about. Is my little 15-year-old girl walking. She didn't come up there bothering me. Because that many times when she was little, we would get her when she was sick. And we would pray with her. And I'd always tell her and Lindsay, if there's something going on in your life, you pray. Because the same God that saved me is the same God that saved you. And he hears you. And he loves you today. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Jesus Christ. What's in your mind today? What do you think about the most? What's on your heart today? It's a very, it's a very good question. Let me share this scripture we had of Romans. Romans 15. He says, We then that are strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Boy, ain't that just, we always want to please ourselves. If I'm pleased, then the rest of you ought to be pleased. 
I'm ple- I hope I'm ple- if I'm pleased with this message, and you ought to be pleased with it. We always want to please ourselves. But the Word's teaching us right here that we need to have more of a desire to help others. Verse 2, he says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his, for his good and edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the insults of them that insulted thee fell on me. So this is the mind of Christ. And I thought about this this morning because I'm going to tell you, last night I've studied and read just like Paxton. But I've, I've been preaching for a little while and I don't want to preach what Adam wants to preach. I want to preach what God wants me to speak about. And so this morning when I got up real early, matter of fact, I was laying in the bed I woke up at 5, and I thought, I believe I'll lay here a little bit longer. And I finally got up at around 6. But right before I got up, I heard my phone ding. Guess who it was? Your pastor. He said, thank you for coming. And we're praying for you. And I texted him back, and I said, thank you for the opportunity. And please keep praying. Because this is sometimes life or death in these types of services. Man, I like to come here when, when people are running around shouting. And, and But more than anything, I hope God teaches you working through me today the point he's trying to get across. Let's be in one mind. Let's be in one accord. Let's, let's have the mind of Christ. I ain't done yet. I'm just getting started. Jim said I had three or four hours if I needed it. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I think this is, this is always very important is when we come and we come to worship God and we come to hear. Because let me tell you something, church. This is truth. The Bible says that when God saves us, he gives us the spirit of truth. I get lied to all the time. All the time. And I'm sure these times I'm not as honest as I need to be. I've not arrived, but I left. I strive for that. This thing right here is the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. So what I'd like to share is a story. A lot of you have heard this story. It's about the Good Samaritan. Because I think if we're going to see not only our churches change, our, our, our country is a reflection sometimes of the church. You can say what you want to. I, me and my wife and, and daughter was driving home yesterday and we was going down the interstate. I've never seen so much road rage in my life. People have this rage built up in them. We, we, have, we have built ourselves to get in such a hurry so that we can leave one thing that, that, that tickles our flesh and hurry up and do another thing. And if anything messes it up, we get so mad. Would anybody agree with me on that? We're, we're in a hurry, a hurry, a hurry, so I, can, I get to do this and I can also do this. And I think we need to slow down and what the scripture says, be still. And let God speak to our hearts. Listen at this. Jesus is telling a parable. And he says, behold, a certain lawyer stood up. And tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Everybody wants to go to heaven, most of them, if you've got any sense. But there's something that you have to do. And he's saying, well, what, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I want to live forever. There are so many people out there. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They, some people's even been raised in church. And I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying, there's so many people out there. Jesus said, it is written in the law, 
Can you not understand? Do you not understand what you're reading? And the lawyer goes on to say, yeah, I know what it says. It says that I must love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. And then love my neighbor as thyself. And Jesus says, then do these things, and you'll have eternal life. Can I tell you today, don't just hear what Jim says on Sunday morning or any other ministers. Don't just hear but be a doer of it today. Do something today for the kingdom of God. Stretch yourself and say, Lord, manifest yourself unto me. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but they never really want to stretch themselves and see God manifest himself to help others. Then the guy answers and says exactly what I just said, that I should love the Lord thy God with all thy strength and with all thy mind and love my neighbor as thyself. But who is your neighbor today? I think this is the whole point in the sermon. Who is your neighbor today? It might, you might say, well, it's the people that live right down the street from me. I've got some really good neighbors, and no doubt I'm sure you do too. I got some that are, are real good about checking on us, and we check on them. I got one, buddy. He never fails on Friday and Saturday night. He gives me an ACDC concert, whether I want it or not. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know all ACDC songs now. He gives me that. that he's a good neighbor. Sarah says, what are they playing, Daddy. I don't know, honey. Just sit here long enough. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but we think sometimes that our neighbor is somebody that we know or somebody that lives down the street. And them's the ones that, that we're supposed to love just like we love God, but not so. Because Christ says, Well, let me back up. He answered, he says, and do this and you shall live. But the lawyer says, wanting to justify himself, said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jericho, from, Jer from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, and they stripped him of his raiment, and they wounded him. And they departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when they saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, he came and he looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a good certain Samaritan, as he so joined by there, he came and he saw him and he had compassion on him. And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his beast, and brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. So here Christ is beginning to paint a picture, not only to this guy, but to us today. Who, who is my neighbor? And he said, here's this, this man. And he left, his, left Jerusalem, and he went down to Jericho. And he fell among the wrong people. Have you ever just happened to mess up and fell around the, uh, along the wrong crowd? Boy, I have. Boy, I have messed up and, and knew I had messed up. And I thought, boy, if I could ever get out of this situation. Now, mine didn't wind up as bad as this guy. But I still fell, fell amongst the wrong people. And the Bible says they stripped him. And I'm sure they beat him up and left him laying there half dead. Can I tell you, spiritually speaking, that's the way the world left me when I was lost and undone. When the world got done with me, I was stripped and I was laying there half dead. And Jesus come by. Jesus come by and spoke to me. That's the, what the world will do to us if we're not very careful. And he says that by chance a priest come by. You could say it like this, a preacher come by. 
And he saw him, and he walked by the other way. Now, we don't know. Now, the, the preacher might have had a good, uh, a good uh, what's the word I'm hunting? He had, uh, right, he might have had a good excuse. He might have been late for revival. He could have been late for prayer meeting. We don't know. Somebody might have caught him sick, and he was rushed to get there to help. We don't know what was going on in the priest's life. But Jesus is showing us how easy it is to forget our call on our lives. Because to see God's manifestation, you're going to have to make decisions and change in your life. So it says that he just went right on by. I hope that I never go right on by somebody that stands in need of something. Then it says the Levite. The Levite is, is one, the way I understand, he's over the worship part in the synagogue. Said he, said he went on by. We don't know what was going on. He could have been late for the worship. He could have been. The Bible says that he even got closer than the preacher because he looked, says he looked upon him. He might have got scared by the condition he looked like. He thought, maybe he's, he's dead. I'm just going to go on by. I don't know. You can speculate. You know, you, sometimes you need to read a little bit between lines. We don't know, but all I know is he walked by. But it says a good Samaritan that when he saw him, he had compassion. And I think that's where we are today in this world is our compassion for one another. Because if we're all about ourselves, we'll forget about compassion. And the Bible says that this Samaritan, when he saw him and he had the compassion, says as he went to him, and he began to do what he could do. All God's asking you to do is do what you can do. He wasn't a doctor. He didn't work on an ambulance, but he did know how to do something. It says he wound up his wounds, and he set him on his beast, and he carried him to a place where somebody else could take even better care of him. God's asking us today, will you have compassion? Will you look and see because I tell you today, me and you are the hands and feet of God. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to recognize it or not. I used to have this old, older man in my church as a deacon. He said, son, when you pray, you better put feet on them prayers or they ain't going to do very much. And he's right. It's good to pray. But we need to put feet on them prayers and then move and act. If you want to see God manifest himself, then you're going to have to do something. Because people need to see the love of God in us. In Jude 22, it says that some having compassion, making a difference. I asked you today, did, did Jesus Christ make a difference in your life? Are you different now than you was when you got saved? Ask yourself. Because a lot of people say, well, I, I don't feel, I know I'm saved, but I don't, I don't feel no different. Then you're not walking in compassion. Jesus had compassion. The Bible says that when they was out there in the desert and they was 5,000 men not counting women and children and all they had was five loaves and two fish, what did he have? He had compassion. Church, I think if we're not careful, we will or have lost the compassion that God is talking about right here. And you might be here today and you say, well, preacher, I've, I've got, I'm doing all that. Well, good. Thank God for it. If you are, then turn around and help others have this same light compassion today. 
God himself had compassion on us. In Romans 5, it talked about that, that he took his son and he sent him down here to die on an old rugged cross. That, that in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If that's not compassion, I don't, I don't know what is. But you know what we do? I guarantee you, the priest and the Levite seen that man and might have even knew who he was or his family. said, that old sorry rascal, he deserved everything he got right there. That's what we'll do. I'm going to raise my hand because I'll do it. I'll see someone that needs help sometimes, and I'll say, well, he deserves that. I asked you today, does any human being deserve to go to hell? He don't have to today. That should rise up in our heart and have compassion. It don't matter what they look like on the outwardly. They have a soul. And people need to see that today. They need to see the compassion in our lives. Because Jesus had compassion on me and you today. I'm so very grateful and thankful that Jesus I thought about this. I thought about all of us, you know, all of us like different things. Some of us like football or baseball or whatever. I could just imagine all of us being where we really enjoy to be. Maybe watching a Georgia football game or whatever. Just, just really into it. And then all of a sudden somebody calling and say, I'm broke down and having to get up and leave and go. Go help. And that ball game is one of the best ones you've ever seen. Think about Christ when he was up there. I can only imagine what it was like being in the presence of God. And the angels singing. And everything that was taking place going on in heaven. And the Bible says he humbled himself. And he came. And he took on this human flesh. And he that knew no sin became sin, that me and you might become the righteousness of God. See, Jesus became a servant. And that's what, it talk, that's what it's talking about there. Becoming a servant. Being like-minded to serve one another. Listen, when, when I got the call, the only way I wouldn't have come preached is if something, I, I'd have had a, something would have happened. Why? Because I came to serve Christ in whatever manner or fashion. Now, I've been called to preach or teach, so that's what I do. I know my calling right now. Can I ask you today, do you know your calling today? If you don't know your calling today, and God's speaking to you today, when we give the invitation, you need to get down here and you need to ask God, God, what is my calling? What, what do you want me to do? How do I need to serve? I know my purpose. I'm not saying I've arrived, but I've left. I know my purpose. Well, what is your purpose, preacher? My purpose is to reach young people. If I can reach young people, if I can show them, if I can let Christ manifest himself through me and show them how God truly works, it will make a difference. It will make a change in their life. But you know what I have to do? Sometimes what I don't want to do. Or in other words, I have to put off some of the things that Adam wants to do. Most of the time, a lot of things that Adam wants to do to do what God wants to do in my life. Listen, I'm a nobody. I was raised up with nothing. Never did have a whole lot. But I'm not concerned. I thought about that song I'm, uh, yesterday evening coming in. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. My home's not here. My home's up there. So why in the world would I try to reach and grab and take everything I could can and get it to where it's around me whenever I die? It's not mine anyway. I preached at a church last Sunday. Bless God. And I told him, I said, that church, this building is just a building until you come and you assemble yourselves in it. And when you leave, it's not yours anyway. Yeah. 
So many times we think what we got belongs to us. It don't belong to you. This building doesn't belong to you. Your money doesn't belong to you. God just allows us to use what we have. And are we using what we have to further the kingdom of God? Hey, this is where the rubber meets the road. My kids hate when I say that. This is the real deal. God is tired. I believe he's sick and tired of people playing church. When all this has been going on, he's tired of people playing. He's wanting somebody to walk in the power of his Holy Spirit today. That's what he's wanting. Walk in my power and my mind. Quit walking the way you want to walk and walk in my power and my mind and watch me manifest myself. That's his desire for us today. And you know what you'll do when that happens? It ain't me. Because I'm not a scholar. It's, it's all I can do to, to understand sometimes when I read God's word. But I've been reading this week about hearing the voice of God out of John. See, my girls, watch them look. They know that whistle. We can be in Walmart and they can be on one end and I can be on the other and I can whistle and their heads will peep, peep out listening and looking. There's daddy. That's the distinct sound that I make to get my girls' attention. God has a distinct sound. It's the Holy Spirit that speaks. But if we're so wrapped up in the world, we can't hear. We can't hear. If we're all worried and concerned about ourselves and not concerned about others and God speaks, I've, I've done, done it. I've been there. And I say, Lord, why ain't you speaking? He says, son, I've been trying to. You got so much going on in your life. He said, you're so busy. I can't. You can't hear me. He said, you won't get alone long enough by yourself to let me speak. So I get alone all day Friday. Amy was wanting, I felt sorry, bless her heart. She, we're, so, we're busy, but she wanted to go in the Jeep with another preacher and his wife, and we was going to ride up in the mountains, and I said, I can't. See, my wife had to sacrifice a pleasure so that I could get my heart right to bring a message to you this morning. It's all up to, it's all what we want. If you're satisfied and you know you're going to heaven, that, and praise God for it. But anything that Adam Tool's ever done, I want to get better or see better. I want my kids to have it better than me. And I know my Heavenly Father wants better for me. So I ask you this, this morning, and I beg of you, how is it with you? How is your relationship with God? Do you know your calling? You might say, well, I'm, I'm 18 years old. Or I'm 82 years old. Age has no difference with God. I, I talked last Wednesday night, Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was 100 years old. How old was Sarah? She was in her 90s. What did he do? He worked a, a miracle through them. They had a child, Isaac. So don't sit there and tell me because I'm either way too young or I'm way too old that God can't use me or God don't have a purpose and plan for my life. You read the Bible and you'll be... Rudely mistaken. God has a plan. And the thing about this plan is, is he's going to use you to reach someone that Jim can't reach or Paxton can't reach or I can't reach. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to have eternal life. And then what's going to happen is so when you stand up there in the glory of God, that person will walk up to you and thank you for being obedient and having compassion on them. That's where it says, lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. That's what he's talking about, the soul of a man. That's the only thing that goes to heaven. 
So the one mind and one accord is to reach people, not just lost people, but people inside the church. Like the brother said, there's people in here that's broken, and they need you. And you say, yeah, but I knew them and their mom and daddy, and I don't want to fool with them. They get on my nerves. Well, I promise you, you get on God's nerves sometimes with some of the crazy things you come to him and pray about. Well, they quit about that. I love God. I thank him for saving me. I thank him for what he's done in my life. I find myself when I pray, all I do is thank him. I don't hardly ask for anything because really I don't need anything. His word teaches me to be content. I got, to want a, I got to want another tractor the other day. I got two. What I want another in four? I said, Lord, I want to sell that one and get me another four-wheel drive. He said, can you not be content with what I've given you? See, that's, our God loves us, and he has a sense of humor. But there is times when God says, look, this is where the rubber meets the road. We've got to get real with ourselves. We've got to reach people. We've got to have that desire to get out, out of our comfort zone. I wish you'd have seen the first, the first year and a half I ever stood and preached. All I've done is cry and just talk about my wife and how much God loves me. That's all I do. But I knew God had called me to preach, but I didn't know how. And God would keep speaking to me. See, our problem is as a society, we want it right then. If God calls me to preach, I, we want to get up there like these big preachers and preach just like them. God didn't, didn't call me to preach like Jim Pinkard or any, any other preacher. All he done is call me to proclamate or preach the word. There's a lot of people like the way I preach. I can't stand the way I preach. I won't listen to it. Amy will be over and she'll be listening to a sermon. I'll say, turn that mess off. I can't hear it. I don't like the way I preach. But other people do. And I'm glad for it because God uses me for that. Will you step out of your comfort zone today and have compassion for people the same way this Samaritan did? Don't look at the way he's dressed. Don't look at the earrings he has or she has or the tattoos. Don't look at what they drive. Don't look at their past. Because I tell you, sometimes that's what we want to do is look at the people's past. Don't look at those things. And look at them as a human being. And they have a soul. And I promise you, when you do that, God will begin to manifest himself unto you. I want to share one little short story. And then I'll bring everything to a close. A few years ago, I was off looking at a fence job, and I, I didn't get to eat lunch. And so I stopped by a store, and I filled up with fuel, and I grabbed me a drink and a pack of chips. And when I got through pumping my fuel, I shared this story with our Wednesday night group. When I got through pumping my fuel, I looked, and there was a Cherokee cop car pulling over at the store. He was over here on the east side of Bartow County at a little store. And when I seen the car, and I seen the cop get out, and this young guy get out, and he had a beard, kind of rough looking, I thought, what, what is it, I wonder what he's done. He's done got in trouble. I said, I wonder what he's done. And so I went in the store, and I bought my, my fuel and everything, and when I come back out, there he was just standing. And I looked at him, and, and something inside of me just asked, I wonder if he needs help. And when I said that inside of me, God said, "Why well, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? So I went to the truck, and I laid my stuff down. And when I turned around, he was gone. I said, well, Lord, you want me to ask him, but he's done gone. What am I supposed to do? So I kept hanging around in a few minutes. He come back out. And I said, I introduced myself, and his name was Adam. And I said, you, I said is there anything I can help you with? He said, man, you ain't going to Adairsville, are you? And I said, I sure am. I said, well, jump in. 
I said, where do you live? He said, I live in our merch. He said, but if you can get me to a Dursville, he said, that would, he said, I'd appreciate that. I said, okay. I said, we can get you to a Dursville. I'm saying this because I had to stop what I was doing. I still had other things that I needed to do. But I had to stop. I had to make a direction, a change of course to watch God begin to work. I didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what was going to happen. But God did. And so he got in the truck and we're driving and, you know, he, we start talking. And he says, well, what kind of work do you do? And I said, well, I, I build fence and train horses. And I said, I pastor a little church down the road. He said, oh, so you're a pastor? And I said, yeah. And so in the conversation, we started getting into spiritual things real quick. And all of a sudden, the young guy broke. He's in his 20s. I think he was like 25 or 27. He broke. And he said, I want what you got. And I said, have you ever been saved? He said, well, at youth camp one time, he says, I got saved, but he said, I think I've lost it. I said, son, if you've got it, you ain't lost it. We just got to stir up what's inside of you. And the young guy just starts weeping uncontrollably. I've never seen nobody quite weep unless it was a death in a family like this. And long story short, before we knew it, we done went through a Dursville. We were sitting there. We was in our merchie. He said, why have you done this? And I said, well, it's what you needed. You need to be brought home. God's going to carry us home one day. And I'm ready. And I said, where do you live? And so he showed me where he lived, and he went to get out, and he said, and long, he was telling me about his girlfriend, and she was in California. We all got drama. We all got baggage in our life. But sometimes we need to tell it to strangers, spiritual strangers that can help us. And he went to tell them about he had seizures. And that was, a lot was going on in his life. So I laid hands on him, and I prayed for him. As the last I seen him, till that following Sunday, and him and his stepdad and mom was at church, my, the church where I was pastor. And buddy, you talking about the spirit of God hitting me? I mean, it was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the best services I've been in because I seen Christ manifest Himself working through me and other people's lives. What I'm fixing this—that ain't even it. What I, what I've told you. And we had, had a great service. And the stepfather got up and testified. They were shouting. People were raising their hands. And we actually was having homecoming that week, that Sunday. And the mother come to me. And if you're a mother, you know where I'm going. And she come to me and she said, Adam, she said, most people don't really know what happened. She said, but him and his father had got in it. And the, the Adam lived, was living with his daddy in Cherokee County, and him and his daddy had gotten a big argument, a big fight. And he told his daddy, he said, well, I'll just walk back to my mama's. Well, it's a long ways from Kenton to Murchie. And that's how he wound up in the cop car. But she said, Adam, talking to me, she said, I crawled under my desk at work. She said, I started praying. I would send someone by to take care of my son. Send someone by. Send a Samaritan by to take care of my son to bring him home safely. I'm telling you this because they ain't always Adam too submitted to the Lord or the leadership of Christ. And I don't always do what, I, what I'm supposed to do. But I'm telling you this. To enlighten you that when you do what you're called to do, you're the hands and feet of God. You're manifesting yourself. Christ working through you. And that blessed me more than anything that happened. And God said, that's the purpose and the plan. Is when you yield and you submit to me and let me be Lord of your life, I'll do things that only I can do. And you can watch me work. That's what it's about. But you have to sacrifice 
what's going on in your life and yield to Christ. And then you can watch it change people. I've never seen that family again. But that, that time, it made an impact on me about helping others. Because people need help out there. Sometimes it's physical help, and sometimes it's spiritual help. And I'm still work. God still, I'm still a work in progress. The Bible says, "He that begun a good work in you will finish." And I'm, and I lay myself every morning at the feet of the cross, and I say, "Father, here am I. Work, keep working on me, keep making me." You know, we we have faster race cars today. We have faster athletes. They play ball better. They do everything better. Well, what's happened to the church? Here am I. We won't submit ourselves. We won't get to ourselves. We won't fast and pray like we need to because we might miss a meal. Some of us need to miss a meal, including me. We need to fast and pray. We need to get ourselves in a place where God can speak to us. We forget about things going on in the world so that we can hear from heaven. That's what he's called us to do. And when we do that, believe we'll start being the church or we'll be who we're called to be so the church can, can be who they're called to be as they get, would come up and, and get a song ready how is it with you today where is your heart at you find yourself thinking more about the world than you do of God the Bible said however man thinketh so shall it be if all you do is thinking about the world that's all you're getting but if you truly, if you truly today, if, you, if you're sincere in your heart and you say, you know what, I'm tired of living my life this way. I was raised in church. I know every song, every hymn. I've heard every message. But I've never really actually just truly decided I'm going to grow. I'm truly going to have a desire to get up and grow. And watch God work in me. It breaks my heart. I, I've heard this before from different people. They can't change. That's just how they are. Their mom and daddy was that way. Their grandpa and grandma was that way. You know what? If you keep walking in the flesh, that's what you're going to fulfill. But Jesus said, I have put my spirit in them. And if they'll walk after the spirit, they'll have the same nature as I've got today. That's the change that you submit and you allow the Spirit of God to work in you and through you. That's the manifestation. I, I, I look at myself and I thought, Lord, how did you do that? And it's because I, I, want, I want that desire. I want it for you young people to have that desire to see God work through you today. We stand to our feet. And as I say, when the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, wanting just to bring something that's away. 